Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope You Hear This podcast, and today we hope you fill out the census. All right, guys. Uh, thank you, thank you, guys. Uh, this is the I Hope They Hear This podcast, and we have a returning guest who actually hasn't. The episode hasn't been published yet, so uh, you'll see her uh, this upcoming Saturday. But um, we actually have something really important to talk about. That's why um, she's uh, returning, and we're, we're going to be releasing this episode first. But uh, say hello to Hannah Lee. Hello, welcome. Hi again. <laughs> And uh, we, we have with us uh, a third person, Eric Kim. Hello, Eric. Hello. Yeah, so. Thank you for having me, David. Of course, of course. So Eric and Hannah are part of a organization called KAC, the Korean American Coalition. And we, we have something kind of time sensitive that we wanted to talk about today. So we're releasing this on a Wednesday, not Saturday like we usually do. Um, so uh, as we get into that topic, before we do so, um, Eric, I was thinking, I was, if, if you could kind of, actually both you and Hannah, because Hannah, you haven't technically been on the podcast yet. Um, <laughs> if you guys could just uh, give us a brief intro to who you guys are, um, what your role in KAC is, and yeah, anything you, you want to add on top of that. So we'll, we'll go with Eric first. Sure. Um, well, the Korean American Coalition, um, we have chapters uh, around um, all over the country. And, you know, it was birthed out of um, an effort to rally the Korean American community together to really push forward civil liberties, civil rights, um, civic engagement, and just uh, participation in general society, make sure that someone's looking out for the Korean people, basically. If you think back to the LA riots of the early 90s, uh, that was kind of a big kind of turning point for the Korean American community when we realized there was no one that was really fighting for us, advocating for us, and we realized we needed to get organized. So that was kind of the heartbeat behind it. Um, each chapter kind of does its own unique thing, but um, you know, for our uh, Atlanta chapter, or Metro Atlanta chapter, I should say, um, our mission uh, specifically is to amplify Korean American impact by creating a more interconnected Korean American community. So kind of long, but essentially what we're trying to do is bring together our community as much as possible. Um, you know, there are a lot of people doing great work um, in that Korean American identity, um, but a lot of times uh, it feels like it could be bigger or more impactful um, if they were just more well-connected and more coordinated with other uh, people or organizations uh, around the community. So what we want to do is try to bring, you know, as much coordination, uh, interconnection, and uh, just, you know, visibility to a lot of those efforts um, so that we can, you know, really impact our community for the better, um, especially, you know, for something like we're, what we're trying to do now with the census, we want to, um, you know, rally our community together. So that's KAC and KAC Metro Atlanta. Um, Sorry, did you ask how I how we got involved as well? Oh, or? and kind of your role in KAC. Oh, gotcha. Uh, I am this year the president of uh, our chapter. Okay, so as a president, what what is your duties and roles within KAC? That's a great question. Um, still figuring it out. I'm pretty new to the role, um, but I mean, I, I just try to oversee everything. Um, we have a lot of different ideas. 
ideas and projects that we want to do. We also have eight board members. Um, and so I guess uh, my role would be to try to coordinate, um, you know, what it would look like for us to uh, move forward this year as a team, but also reach out to other groups um, in the community and try to establish relationships and, you know, just try to move things along as much as I can. Gotcha. And Hannah, you're also part of KAC. Um, do you want to kind of explain to us your role and what you do? Yeah, so um, I'm on the uh, executive board as well. Uh, I'm this year's secretary. And so, um, so part of that is just like maintaining communication with like the e-board and then the rest of the board members. So um, kind of like more ad admin related tasks. Um, but I, um, just kind of in terms of a support role of executing all the things that we kind of have um, going on and plan for the year. So just yeah, being um, a part of that teamwork. Gotcha. And so you kind of talked about how the, was the genesis of KAC the LA riots? Technically, uh, the KAC was founded in 1983, which was, uh, you know, nine years prior to the LA riots. But I think the LA riots was when the momentum really built in Los Angeles and beyond. Mm -hmm. You know, fun fact, I actually immigrated from Korea to LA two years after the LA riots. So oh. when I moved to LA, even as a <clears throat> kindergarten, I think um, I, I felt the reverberating effects of the LA riots, what, what it did to the Korean American community. Mm -hmm. So um, ju just for people who might not be aware of what the LA riots were, it was after the Rodney King verdict, um, the uh, African American community, um, so there was always kind of racial tension between the Korean American community and the African American community, right? So um, riots broke out. And uh, if you don't know, in Korea, men are, they're legally obligated. There's mandatory army service. So a lot of the small business owners that were Korean American in LA, they knew how to handle firearms and things like that. So it was almost like a war zone that happened. It, um, a lot of violence happened and um, the Korean American community felt like they were very, I guess, attacked, right? And we felt very vulnerable after the fact because we realized that something like this could happen. And so, uh, like, like you were saying, it, it is important for minority groups such as Korean Americans. At the time, um, not a lot of them spoke even, even spoke English, right? So, um, yeah, I think the importance of organizing and coming together as a minority group is uh, really evident and obvious. Um, and so you, you guys kind of briefly talked about um, what you guys do in an overall level, but are there any specifics, um, specific things that um, you guys do, any programs or you know, any events that you guys lead? Um, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, we have... Um, some, some new initiatives this year that we're trying to do. Um, obviously, a lot of our planning that we, we might have had a couple of months ago has changed in light of the pandemic, um, but I think there's still um, you know, things that we can do. For example, um, we were planning this year to launch a partners program where we um, start to kind of collect, um, you know, not collect, but gather uh, various organizations and community leaders to um, be, you know, partners with KAC so that we can, um, 
you know, work together on, on various efforts, whether it be civic engagement, whether it be helping Korean folks uh, fill out their naturalization paperwork uh, from green card to citizen um, or anything like that. And so we were planning on launching that, having a big launch party, um, you know, things like that. We, we do, you know, part of our regular programming is, you know, part of it is social. We put together like happy hours to try to get people together, meet people, um, invite different community community leaders to try to gain their perspective and help you know not just like president meet another president but like board members interacting with board members and just like really building a meaningful relationship with a different community group so a lot of it is just kind of a, a community organizing uh, we do have an end of year kind of annual uh, gala dinner yeah, this year it's hopefully will be in November um, so we do something like that where we just pick a topic and get people together in a room and, and share. So, um, you know, we have those things. But also on the other side, we have civic engagement efforts, which is like getting people to vote, getting people to participate. And especially uh, right now, uh, we want to focus on the census, which, um, you know, the census day is coming up uh, on April 1st. And so I think when this podcast comes out will be the day that we're going to make the biggest push to try to get people to um, participate in the census. But, uh, you know, that type of thing we are trying to push as aggressively as possible. I see. So, um, oh, sorry, Hannah, did you have something? Um, just, I think just a quick thing, I think like maybe to tie it back actually to what you shared, David, because um, I really appreciate like you just sharing the like details of the LA riots and the like context of kind of um, how KC came to be, because I think that was, that is a landmark event that we talk about as an organization um, a lot. And so like I know Eric kind of went into the details of the things that we do in our programming and events, um, but again, like we are an organization to like serve the Korean American community and we are pretty adaptable actually to what that looks like. So civic engagement is obviously a big pillar for us because that makes sense in terms of right like um, impact of the Korean community like has to happen um, kind of at that level with voter like with voting and right um, again like something like the census which is having the like members of the community be counted and be seen by um, like the federal government but again like um, I really like that and, and appreciated that you like mentioned the detail kind of about like it was when Korean Americans felt like the, probably the most disempowered and also like not protected by the government um, that Casey really kind of gained traction for an organization like Casey got um, traction. So uh, again, like we have all these programming and events, but again, like our mission is to really empower and it, it, like um, increase the impact of our community. So um, we are like very flexible in what that looks like and um, like continuously, uh, yeah, molding and growing and um, like, yeah, doing as we fit to that mission and vision. Yeah. No, I would, I would definitely agree with that. And just to piggyback off of those thoughts, um, I think like, uh, you know, we, we, we are a board of eight people, you know, we have some past board members, but ultimately, uh, you know, we're just a few people with limited perspectives and maybe overlapping circles. And so since we are on a podcast, I just want to say if there are Korean Americans that, you know, you, you like are listening and feel like there's a need in the community or something that's missing or you know you want to get involved or figure out a way to volunteer like I definitely say reach out to anyone that you know uh, on the KAC 
board, whether uh, Hannah or myself or anyone else. Um, and you know, we like Hannah said, like we're pretty flexible. We want to see what energy is out there of you know what people are trying to do for the community and build off of it, rather than trying to prescribe exactly what we think it looks like. Because I think we don't know exactly what it should look like. Um, so. And that's purposeful because, I, again, I think like we just try to align ourselves to the like the mission. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So that was a long answer to your question. No, that was the answer I wanted. I wanted a lot more information, right? So, um, but you guys talk a lot about how you want to empower the community. Um, does that? Because when I see you two, um, you guys are you know either 1.5 or second generation Korean Americans, right? Mm -hmm. Um, do you guys have services for the first generation um, that might not have a, a solid grasp on the language, the English language? Yeah, um, so for example, um, we get a lot of information and, you know, as 1.5 or second generation, we are probably closer to, you know, sources of information, more easily able to interpret that information and uh, sift through what's what. Um, and so part of what we try to do is get information and uh, distribute it through Korean media channels. Um, so we have a few contacts within our board that are very well connected to the local uh, Korean in-language media. And so, um, you know, they'll go out and, uh, you know, go on the radio show or, you know, provide information to a reporter for an article or, you know, different things like that. Um, so we'll, we'll do things like that. Additionally, you know, in response to some of the pandemic stuff, I think uh, small businesses were hit uh, a lot. And a lot of the small business owners that are Korean American are uh, very, uh, are maybe not the best at English and uh, need help. And so we, we're trying to uh, translate some resources to put out to the community. Um, so we definitely try to engage with the first generation. Um, and that's uh, definitely a work in progress. Uh, we're continuing to build out those relationships and figuring out what it looks like to serve them. But we, we do try to keep them in mind. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's also like, it's like a priority for us to, to like be kind of a bridge again to I think 1.5 and second generation Korean Americans because like because not just of the language barrier but also kind of the cultural stuff too um, there ends up being right like uh, a lack of again like better words coalescing and collaborating and so we kind of like also serve that function and uh, we actually do a lot of partnership with the consulate general um, in Atlanta and so that's been a really great way of kind of um, connecting with I think like not just Korean media, but, you know, um, I guess like, yeah, the first generation and there is kind of a first generation version of us. Um, Korean American Association of Greater Atlanta, KAGA for sure. And so we do like partnerships and um, just and, and help out at like their events. They have like an annual Korean festival and like we go and volunteer, you know, and like play with kids and um, just kind of like, you know, just help out. And in that way, we're collaborating and building um, community together. Mm, awesome. So then let's, that's, I think that's a good transition into the topic of the census, right? Because I think, I, I would assume, I don't know for a fact, but I would assume that the second generation career Americans were much better equipped to fill out a census form, right? And to understand why it's important. But what about for let's say our parents, um, are, are there any resources available to help them 
um, fill out the census. Are there resources available to help them? Uh, absolutely. Uh, so we want to make sure that everyone is counted. Um, and so, you know, we have things called like complete count committees. Uh, we could get into why it's important to count everyone later, but um, there is a lot of in language actually material um, that is available. Um, actually, we, uh, two of our board members participated in creating some like video materials and different things for how uh, to fill out the census and what the census is and things like that. And so uh, there definitely is stuff out there. Hmm. Yeah. And at the end, I think it would be really great if we can kind of point the listeners to where that is. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. and, and I, I guess we, we can start talking about it now because we know that the census is very important, but uh, let's talk about why, yeah, why that is. The census, because at, at its core, it's really just, I mean, some skeptics might even say that it's a way for the government to just keep track of you. Um, but as a people group, as a minority people group, um, the census is hugely important because that's the way that we get represented, right? So um, you guys, either Hannah or Eric, you guys want to kind of get into why you, you feel like, um, yeah, the census isn't something that we should wave off. Yeah. Do you want to? Um, I can kind of start. I, I, so in general, um, and what I have always stressed to, um, what, like when I have, you know, talked to folks about the census, um, is that it determines funding. <laughs> so, right, like the money that's going towards different communities, um, towards healthcare and education, just, and, and just, right, like general kind of, um, okay, like who needs what, right? Like when we have this big pot of funding, like how does it get um, dispersed and disseminated? And so that's like, that's kind of how, I, what I explained to like parents, right? Like the quality of schools or how many, how much resources the school has, it, it is determined kind of, right like by who lives there and what they need and right and so a kind of the quality of life that you will be able to live is even impacted kind of um depending on how these funds are allocated and so that seems like kind of the big thing um for me but so so that's that's like a general part i guess like i have a couple of ideas about like how else it's important but eric do you have anything to add to that yeah i mean um i think like it's important, especially um, as a Korean American community, uh, part of the Asian American community, we have some statistics. Um, like in 2010, 74% of people uh, participated in the, 74% of households, I think, uh, participated in the census, um, which you know obviously is not 100%. Um, but the thing is, it is not evenly distributed across and racial groups that participate less. So when you think about, you know, make it real, like in Atlanta, um, you might have, you know, like Duluth, which is a lot more Asian, and like Doraville, different areas like that. And then um, like census, for example, will directly determine the number of uh, rep representatives in a given state. And so your districting will change based on uh, your participation and if, Duluth, if all the Koreans in Duluth are not participating, then we're going to be undercounted and our chance of getting a more, you know, uh, a, a more concentrated space for a representative will, will decrease. And, and so it's important, um, I think the Census Bureau put out information that Asian Americans are, um, and I'm reading off a resource that was provided, but 55% of Asian Americans say they will not fill out the census form, which is the lowest amongst uh, racial groups. 
38% of Asian Americans say they're not familiar with the census. That's the highest of all racial groups. 32% of Asian Americans express data will be used against them. That's also the highest amongst racial groups. 53% of Asian Americans believe that the census information would benefit them personally, and that's the lowest. And so in all the categories, like it's kind of a uphill battle for Asian Americans and definitely Korean Americans included. Um, and so, you know, we want to make sure that we're fully counted, but we have uh, several challenges, um, you know, uh, maybe we can get into that later or talk about that now. I'm not sure. And it's interesting, too, that these like low numbers are the way that it is, because in the 2010, like 10 census, because it happens every 10 years, um, Asian Americans were like the fastest growing population. So like in the United States, um, so that is of all like all racial groups as well. So that was kind of captured in terms of like how fast we're growing and um, expanding as a community. And so even with these like low representation numbers, it's very clear that Asian Americans are having a different level of, of a presence, um, of an impact than I think what was even the case like in the 90s and right like early 2000s. And so things are changing really rapidly, I think for our community um, and I think to like capture that, um, the census is such a big part, you know, um, yeah. of making sure that, right, like our community and its growth and its impact is captured. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, just to add on to that, even beyond that, the census data isn't just for the government. Um, I, I think private citizens um, through certain channels, they can be privy to those, the demographic information. And so for businesses that are trying to target Korean Americans, like let's say H-Mart is trying to move into a location, they probably will look at the demographic information to see where the like, highest concentration of Korean Americans are. Right? Um, I know that uh, my previous, one of my previous pastors, uh, the late uh, Pastor Burton, he passed away, but he was such a strategic thinker that when we started thinking about rebranding our church, um, he actually brought the census information and said, hey, look, this area is ripe um, wow. because there's so many Korean Americans here. Um, so yeah, it's even beyond what we're thinking um, in, in terms of what the government can do with it and just representation, but even in terms of new things, uh, private things, uh, like private organizations, businesses and things like that, um, it can be useful for them to um, really provide services and goods to the right people. So I, I think that's another kind of unseen uh, uh, benefit of the census as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so with the census, um, I, I know you guys are trying to push it um, April 1st, right? Um, is, is that a hard deadline? Because um, people listening to this, if they're thinking that, Oh, I, I want to do this, but if the deadline's today, then I'm out of luck because I'm busy for the rest of the day. It, the, is, is the hard deadline April 1st? It is not April 1st. Um, we don't usually mention the hard deadline because we wanted people to fill it out sooner than later. The reason April 1st is census day is because on the census, it'll ask questions about age and place of residence um, and, you know, you could have moved on March 31st or, you know, whatever. And so the question specifically asks on April 1st, what is your age? On April 1st, you know, like who's living in the house, et cetera. 
So um, we want people to do it while we're close to that date, although the true like hard deadline is a little bit past that. Well, what I'll say is that it's discouraged because at a certain point, there are literally people, I don't know if this will be the same because of the pandemic, but there are people that will go door to door to try to increase, you know, be like, hey, like we didn't get your um, survey. Uh, would you please fill it out? It's just, you know, this type of information that we need from you. Um, and so that could be just a nuisance that you could avoid by uh, filling out your census sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, the census deadline is not April 1st, but we encourage everyone to do it by that. Yeah, so even if you miss it this day, just do it tomorrow and, and don't hold off. Um, and this isn't just about you personally, it's about our people group, our community. So I think it's important that we all take uh, ownership of yep. it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Regarding the census, is there, um, so, I, when I actually remember filling it out for my parents 10 years ago, um, and I remember it being very long and kind of tedious. Have you guys seen the form for this year? Is it still very long and kind of tedious? I filled it out in literally, I think, like three and a half minutes. Um, and that's because I had to, like, remember a certain detail. It's super fast. And so if I just walk, like, so the kind of the process is like you should have gotten a mail um, an envelope from the census bureau and it has like an id in there for you and that's what you enter and you can do it online you can do it over the phone and i believe you can also like send it in via mail but that is I, that's probably the least popular option but again like these options are out there you enter your id and then you answer just questions about like your family members um and like like what relationship you have like with the, the people that live in that home right and so yeah and then it's 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 very very quick and and it's offered again like in korean in right like english and many other languages and so again that's i think that uh, that makes kind of the process also go faster so yeah i think i've never heard at least for um 2020 it taking anyone longer than five minutes okay Great. So th there's really no reason why anyone should be uh, discouraged <laughs> right. from doing this. Correct. Right. Correct. And one one additional thing I'll say to that point is uh, one 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 point that is a point of kind of fear and discouragement is that you know for example there are undocumented Korean Americans or um, you know a varying immigration status. Um, and I think there might be concerns that, you know, like the question I mentioned, like this information will be used against me, especially if you're undocumented. Of course, you're gonna feel like, you know, you're putting a target on your back if there wasn't one already. Um, so, you know, the census information is not allowed to be shared in a disaggregated uh, state outside of the Census Bureau. And every single employee of the Census Bureau is kind of uh, beholden to that law. So um, it's, you know, it's still something we encourage everyone, even uh, those that are undocumented, uh, to fill out um, because, uh, you know, we just want to make sure we have as much representation as possible and that information cannot uh, be used against you. And there's actually no questions on the census about immigration status. So that's not even something like, a, like again, I think that's a really great point because again, I think it is a point of fear and contention and um, right. And that those anxieties are very like real for undocumented um, Korean Americans, Asian Americans. Uh, but 
but there's not even a question about your immigration, like your status. So I think that was a really good point to just make it like frank out there. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you say they're not allowed to show the data disaggregated, that just basically means that whatever data is used, you're going to be represented by a number, right? You're going to be a one, right? And so there's really no identifying information in that data. So even if you're not undocumented right. and you're just, you're just worried about privacy, um, it, it's not really going to, yeah, it, there's going to be no issue of getting your private information out there anyways. So, All right. So is there anything else about the census that is important for us to know? So this is just, I mean, maybe not like such a fun fact, maybe it's like more of a nerdy fact, but um, the census is also used very often in research, both kind of in uh, health science, public, public health, um, uh, social sciences. And so I like do research for a part of my living and um, I refer, like, refer back to the census all the time. Because again, it's, you know, um, kind of a government implemented uh, document data set, like what have you, and that determines kind of, right, like um, what we're able to say about the population. So I research Asian Americans and, um, and mental health. And so whatever I'm able to kind of say about like my data set in, in, in context to the larger U.S. population, then I could then I think research is able to be strengthened um, if there is kind of like data that's supported by the census as well. And so, right, like, and it is kind of, I guess, more of an indirect way, like it's like a trickle down. It's not that the data or the numbers um, from the census are used for like research in particular, but if you're able to say like this amount of people like live in this country, right, and um, are experiencing XYZ things and like my research captures like a little bit of that um, research, again, like like influences policy, it influences practice, um, influences, you know, like education and uh, like healthcare and like all of these things, right? So it there is this like trickle down effect because the like research that's published in my field um, is what again like goes back around to like government officials when they're thinking about allocation of like mental health related resources, right? And so um, if they don't know that there are an X number of Asian Americans like living in Atlanta, um, there's no reason for them to allocate funding for like a community mm -hmm. mental health center that's dedicated to Asian American mental health um, here, right? And so again, like, but that like that data or um, kind of that like presence is strengthened by the census. But again, it like the data from the census also influences kind of like, I think these again, sectors. And I know you mentioned a private one and I like, I think that was a great um, example of like an H Mart, you know? Um, but again, kind of in even this like academic and like university level uh, space and how it, it then turns around to, um, you know, impact like policy and like all these other things um, is, is, yeah, I think kind of it, it emphasizes how important it is. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, I mean, we've given people all the reason to fill this out. It, it's super easy. Um, it's important to uh, get our community, our, our people um, represented. Um, there's going to be benefits for us, maybe not uh, immediately, but down the line, there's going to be benefits for us, uh, directly through, you know, some of these policy changes that might happen uh, and, and things like that. So 
the message here today really is just go out and fill out the census. Get your parents to fill out the census. Help them do it. Um, if you're not in a place where you can help them, there are resources out there. Um, do you guys know offhand what what where they can go to get resources to um, do the census um, in in Korean language? Um, uh, there maybe I could uh, point you to a link. Um, I don't know the hyperlink offhand, but there is a a whole website dedicated to that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll definitely link that as well in in the descriptions of the of this podcast. So th there's really no reason, guys, uh, why you shouldn't do this. And if you're watching this or listening to this and you're not uh, Korean American, you should still fill out the census because um, we, yes. uh, we want the best, most accurate uh, numbers that we can get. Right. So um, yeah. yeah, everyone go fill out the census and yeah. guys, as KAC, um, you kind of alluded to this in the beginning. If someone's listening and they want to get involved and, and, you know, maybe participate in events or things like that. What's the best way for them to contact you guys? You could uh, email us at kacatlanta at gmail.com and uh, someone will reply to you, uh, you know, if you have any questions or thoughts or anything, uh, please reach out. Or if you just know one of us personally or someone on the KAC board personally, feel free to reach out. Um, happy to talk. And so we're also on social media, of course, um, 2020. So we, you can just find us at Korean American Coalition, Metro Atlanta on Facebook, and then on Instagram, we're KAC Atlanta, um, all lowercase. And so you can reach out to us and kind of follow what we're doing um, on those platforms as well. We're actually doing something really fun right now with the, with, um, the census. We just launched a social media campaign. Um, called Connected by the Count. Um, and the idea behind that was, um, right, like we're kind of in the season of quarantine and being disconnected, right? Um, but again, we're, we're, we wanted to bring a sense of that connection and community um, by, by participating in the census. And people have been like sharing like fun pictures. I shared a video of me baking <laughs> of like what I've been doing at home, like what we've been doing at home. Um, but to like to say, you know, like we're kind of stuck at home and these are the fun things we've been doing. But um, like, guess what else like I've done, you know, like I've also filled out the census. And so I'm um, just kind of finding fun ways to connect with people on social media, but also, again, um, encouraging folks to fill fill out their census. Yeah. Um, and and this is maybe like an additional kind of uh, like caveat, but uh I think I have heard personally some concerns about, about like, oh, I think I threw that like letter away because it first comes in like an envelope. And so um, there are like uh, more things that should be sent to your uh, mailing address, even if you have like lost your initial document. Um, I believe there are designated days where the borough will send out kind of a blue postcard and that has your census ID on it. It has the website that you can fill it out in. It has the number that you can call. Um, and so I, I feel like I've heard that a couple of times, like, oh, I'm pretty sure I threw that away. Like, how else can I act? Like, how can I do this? You know, if I did that, right? Um, so for whoever is listening out there, and you've also thrown your way years away, I'm sure by accident, um, there are other materials coming your way as well. So um, yeah, I just wanted to add that on there. Yeah, awesome. Great. So yeah, no, thank you guys so much for being uh, being with us today. Um, that was really, really good information. Um, I'm hoping that 
especially the Korean Americans out there who want to get involved, we'll reach out to you guys. And that just really anybody listening now has all the reason in the world to go out, uh, fill out the census. And it's really important to do it more so because, like you said, it's, it only happens once every 10 years. Um, so if you miss it this time, then you're going to have to wait another 10 years to be represented. So uh, guys, please, please go out, fill out your census. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Well,